0: Every year, I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go Pat, go. Ain't show sure with no mercy cutting, no snack. All right. I ain't a Welcome to Lombardi's, Lombardi's Legends
1: Podcast. Wags is here. I'm the other co host, Dane. And Wags, finally, we're talking playoff football. Green Bay Packer playoff football tonight. Uh, We're doing a little earlier this week. It's Wednesday as we're recording this one um, because, frankly, we couldn't wait to talk about Packer playoff football wags. It was no guarantee this offseason that the Packers would be back in the playoffs. We had no idea how things were going to shake out. Here we are, San Francisco 49ers. Coming to our house, Lambeau Field, it's going to be a cold one. It's going to be a physical one. It's going to be everything I think we could expect from a playoff game at Lambeau. How are you feeling on this Wednesday evening? Because I'm already hyped, man. I think I could go out there and make a tackle on special teams if
0: need be. Well, Dane, I'm thankful that for the, we're not going to count on you to have to do that. Um, I've seen you play, and uh, no offense, we don't want you anywhere near that field. I'm hyped. I'm really, really looking forward to this game. Uh, like a lot of other Packer fans, I'm I'm nervous. I've got this nervous energy going, and uh, not because. So much that I am not confident in the team. It's just this playoff football. Anything can happen. We've gone through this. And, um, you know, certainly the 49ers have had our number when it comes to, uh, Packer playoff matchups in, in recent years. Uh, that doesn't mean anything for this game. Uh, it's different teams, different games every season. Uh, but. I think a lot of fellow Packer fans uh, certainly have those recent matchups in the back of our memory. Um, and we'd like to uh, put those to bed, certainly this week. We've got all of the pieces in place to make this run. So, Dane, I think tonight we're going to got a lot to unpack here um, injury updates, players coming back, uh, matchups on both sides of the ball. So, I can't wait to get into it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Weggs, um, looking at it right now, um, I, I just, there there is a lot to talk about. Let's talk about practice today. Let's talk about the fact that a lot of the guys are back at practice. Uh, one glaring person today that practiced yesterday isn't practicing on Wednesday's MVS, uh, but largely a lot of the other guys that we would hope and expect to be back are back. How are you feeling about the injury report right now? How are you feeling about um, where we're headed for Saturday evening? Are you optimistic that a lot of our guys are going to be suited up and ready to go on Saturday?
0: Yeah, it certainly seems to be trending in that direction, right? And and, cert- and while we've had some limited participation and uh, load management days here and there, um, uh, aside from MVS not participating in practice today, it looks like all of these guys that we've been tracking so closely, uh, for the last heck, couple months, uh, are, are really positioned and trending in the right direction. Um, when you look at Bakhtiari, when you look at, um, uh, Billy Turner, full participant in practice, uh, all week so far this week, um, Josh Meyer. So, uh, first of all, it's the big guys up front are, are looking like they're, healthy and are going to be ready to go. And uh, that might be our biggest key in this matchup as we dive into things here. Um, Zadarius and, and uh, Merciless um, have been practicing how much, they play this week if if they are activated uh will be something that's interesting to watch i i think we're gonna have to temper our expectations for the number of snaps that we're getting out of those guys but uh dane for those two in particular we've been saying uh heck we'll take 15 to 20 snaps out of each of them if they're uh able to spell uh, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, uh, and come in in that role. Uh, that's going to be a significant impact for this defense. Um, as far as Jair Alexander, I think he's good to go. I think he's going to be out there pretty much the whole game. Um, uh, coach LeFleur in his press conference was pretty, uh, I think, uh, pretty relaxed in his comments that they're going to run Jair through a cement wall, uh, in order to test out his shoulder. So I think. Uh, the fact that he 's kind of able to joke around a little bit when it comes to talking about where Jair is at is a pretty good sign uh that uh, he 's going to be full go i 'd be pretty surprised if it 's anything less than that, and uh, that 's also going to be something that could help this defense significantly so um, I think those are the key guys and then and we already heard Randall Cobb confirmed he 's ready to go for saturday so um uh, although m b s Might be limited. Hopefully he's still able to go. Uh, We're going to have, I think, a a more healthy receiving core than we've had in in a few weeks here as well. Um, Dane, I I don't know if you want to touch a little bit. One surprise roster uh, move that we found out about late this afternoon, Kingsley Kiki has been waived. uh, And uh, that could have to do with... We've got some guys that need to be activated, 153, but were you a little bit surprised that it was Kingsley Kiki that was uh, one of the first guys that got waived here uh, in order to start making some uh, openings on this roster?
1: You know, in hindsight, you look back and you go, "Okay, it makes sense. I think there's more going on than what's going on in the field with Kingsley. Um, He was inactive. I think he's been inactive since week 14. He's on the COVID list for one of those weeks, but uh, he was considered a healthy scratch for a couple of these weeks as well. So not sure exactly what's going on. Not going to speculate with uh, that, but clearly Packers decided it was time to move forward without him. I was surprised by the timing. You and I talked as, as early as last week, talking about how he could impact the pass rush for the Packers come playoff time. So Certainly I'm surprised because I did think he'd be back out there, but you astutely before our podcast mentioned the Packers were able to protect two guys on the practice squad, both were defensive linemen, so that was, I guess, tipping their hand a little bit early uh, that Kingsley may not be in the plans, at least for the game, and now we know he's not going to be on the team. Going forward, so I'm overall pretty surprised. Wags, and uh, I I think we might miss him a bit in the pass rush. But obviously, getting two guys like Zadarius Smith and and Whitney Merciless back from a pass rush perspective, maybe not as big of a deal. But long term, it's a shame. I really like Kingsley Kiki, and I was hopeful that he was going to continue to develop and to be becoming an impact guy on our defensive line. Uh, it's not going to be the case. And now we're going to make do with who we have on this roster. And I still Wags, think we have enough guys on this roster that right now we're looking at the next eight quarters to get to the Super Bowl. Because, again, the Packers are eight quarters away. So I think it's a shame. We wish him well. But right now, uh, at the same time, we've got to focus on the the task at hand. But we do wish Kingsley well and we hope everything's OK with him.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's one of those things where it's pretty brutal because it may have more to do with, as you're saying, some of those situ- situational things that we don't really know, uh, what, uh, underlying, uh, than it does. Uh, necessarily with his ability, uh, or his future, uh, potentially with the organization. But right now the Packers are trying to win a Super Bowl, uh, and availability is key. Uh, so that's just kind of the way things go, right? So, um, Dane, uh, I think. Just looking around the rest of this roster uh, in terms of the injury report, anything else that you want to hit on? I mean, it seems like we've been saying the last couple of weeks, we've just been getting some great news after great news on the injury front. Uh, no setbacks as far as we can see, uh, aside from potentially MVS uh, not practicing today. But it uh, looks like the health of this roster and the injury report is is shaping up to be about as good as it's been in quite some time.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, I'll just say that while it's awesome and I'll take this any day of the week, this isn't Madden football either. And football is so much about flow. It's about trust in your teammates. It's about great communication. It's about all these other things. So that being said, Wags, anytime we can get Darius Smith and Jair Alexander back on the roster, I'm going to take it 10 out of 10 times.
0: Danes, don't be a wet blanket with our optimism. Well, we're we're ready to go and win the Super Bowl, man. I'm ready guys for it. Back. Uh, I'm ready no, for was... it. But no, I think
1: guys look to be healthy. I think everybody's trending the right way. And I'm eager to see Bakhtiari build off of week eighteen, Myers build off of week eighteen and get a good look at two of our superstars in Big Z and gyre yet again.
0: Definitely. So, Dane, let's get into some of the key matchups here. Let's start uh, 49er offense against this Packers defense. And on the 49er side, uh, some injuries are definitely uh, cropping up. It looks like they were able to avoid um, some of the major injuries more on the defensive side. Uh, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, they're expecting them to be able to play. Uh, But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't know if this is a lot of gamemanship, a lot of smoke. Uh, or if there's some real concern uh, from 49ers camp. I I fully expect him to play either way this week, but story is strained shoulder uh, along with that uh, torn ligament in his throwing hand. So um I don't care how he's managing it. There's no doubt to me that, There's probably going to be a moment in this week's game, if not a couple of moments, where uh, that hand injury for Jeremy Garoppolo comes into play. Whether that's losing his grip on the football and fumbling, uh, if there's a ball up in the air, that's up for grabs. And uh, just like any week, the Packers defense is going to have to be ready to take advantage uh, of any opportunities that they can get. Uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is not able to uh, be at a, a full 100%. The conditions and the cold, uh, don't kid yourself, that is going to have a factor as well. So um, that's going to be a, a huge key right off the top. Uh, but, Dane, I, I don't know how much uh, the 49ers are going to be game planning to throw the ball. They will throw the ball. Uh, but uh, uh, let's start, uh, actually, with the running game of this 49er offense. Um when you look at this uh, run it, rush attack and what they've done over more specifically this season and maybe looking back at our matchup back in week three, uh, what are some things that uh, this Packer defense is going to have to be prepared to do to try to slow down this 49er rushing attack?
1: Well, Weggs, I, I almost feel like we need to throw out the book a little bit as far as players are concerned from week three to now. Um mainly because I don't believe Elijah Mitchell had really emerged or been the guy at that point in the backfield, but maybe more importantly is the emergence of Debu Debu Samuel. This guy is unreal good. Uh, He's kind of a wide receiver slash running back slash, you know, little bit of everything. I I was looking at some stats here. Um, This guy, he's got 415 rushing yards. I mean, he's got – tons of receiving yards. He's so hard to bring down. If you watch the Dallas game, he could juke these guys. He was breaking ankles out there. And then it looked like, you know, the linebacker for the Cowboys was about to make a clean tackle on him. And, you know, he kind of went in to kind of roll his hips and Samuel didn't move. This guy's a beast. And I think he's a big reason why the 49ers have ascended and got hot Late in the year, he's he's multidimensional. He's not quite a wide receiver. He's not quite a running back in, in the best possible way. If you're a 49ers fan, he just kind of does it all. He's got that big wide receiver body almost, but he's a running back at heart. So I think that Wags watching him play, the end of the day, Packers stop the running game, they're going to win the game. That's where I'm at in this. If they can stop it, They're going to win. Uh, The 49ers have had a ton of history. The last four, I think, playoff matchups are averaging around 165 yards rushing per game. They're monsters running the ball in the playoffs. If the Packers can minimize that, I mean, and it's no mistake and it's no secret. I think that the 49ers coaching staff want to keep the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands as much as possible. They want the running game to dictate the game, keep the ball out of Aaron's hands, keep the ball out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hands, and really just run it down the Packers' throat. So I think that it's really going to be matchups up front. I know Matt LaFleur today was talking about gap integrity Being key, making sure that the Packers defensive linemen really are taking on their assignments. We talk about that every week, Wags. Uh, I know I'm saying a lot of things, but there's a lot that the 49ers do, um, and they're really dynamic, and you're right. I think it starts and frankly ends with the rushing attack with Samuel at running back. And, and Elijah Mitchell at running back and that front five of the uh, of the 49ers and Kittle, who don't get me wrong, hell of a receiving tight end, but he's a great, great run blocking tight end as well. So I think the Packers have their hands full. I think we're up for the challenge, but the 49ers are going to try to dictate the pace of the game by running the football at Lambeau
0: Field. Yeah, it's going to be really, and everything you said is, is so true. Elijah Mitchell, by the way, uh, missed seven games this year, averaged 4.7 yards per carry, and had almost 1,000 yards rushing in the 10 games he played. Unreal. So- uh, this 49er rushing attack actually on a yards per carry basis over the course of the season, kind of more middle of the pack, despite what Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel are able to do as explosive runners. Uh, so, uh, those two definitely make a big difference for this 49er rushing attack. Biggest key for me, Dane, is, uh, you know, you mentioned the guys up front, gap integrity, um, Uh, But one thing that I really want to highlight is the cutback. Uh, So guys at the second and third level need to be pursuing, but not over pursuing because 49ers are so good uh, at uh, getting uh, downfield blockers uh, in that zone scheme and then just cutting back upfield uh, and all of a sudden with a guy like Debo Samuel, we saw it against uh, the Cowboys last week on that touchdown that he had rushing uh, in the second half. Uh, he was uh, really more on a uh, outside uh off end rush uh cut back up the middle, and then uh went made another cut back into the corner into the end zone. It was just off to the races at that point as cowboys defense at the second and third level over pursued the football so uh it's gonna be just as important uh for uh, our guys at the second and third level uh, that they're maintaining gap discipline and uh, pursuing at the right angles and trusting each other. So um it's, it's also going to be really interesting to me, Dane, uh, if the rotation up front is a little, I don't think it's going to be different. Kenny Clark is going to get his full snaps. We need a really good performance this week from Dean Lowry. Uh, he's been pretty good. Some weeks he's had some weeks where he's, not necessarily had his best game uh this is going to have to be a, a really solid uh really good game from dean lowry and then i'm going to be interested to see uh if we get a little bit more tj slayton and then depending on uh how much mobility and uh uh and um um and um uh, and 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 how how um uh, his conditioning is, and I'm talking about Whitney Merciless. Uh, he could be someone that we see more in rushdowns, uh, on the edge. So maybe Merciless and Zadarius Smith are really more of a rotation at times where Zedarius is in on the pass downs. Merciless could be in in some of the rushdowns. Uh, we know Preston Smith is going to be out there a ton. Rashawn Gary is going to be out there a ton on the edge. Uh, but, um, uh, that's where Whitney Merciless can really help us, uh, is against the run. He's, uh, very, very effective there. And uh, the defense was uh, playing some of their best football against opponent rush games uh, when he was part of the operation. So uh, those are some of the keys for me. Um, And uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well we can pursue and then, you know, get to the football because um, the 49ers do a very, very good job of turning plays that don't look like they're going anywhere. And Debo Samuel all of a sudden makes a cutback uh, and uh, he's got a big, big game.
1: Wegs, got a question for you. Uh, you know, talking about the defensive lineman, you know, I love talking about the big guys up front. I think they win the football games as much as, as not in this league. Um, so got to think Kenny Clark is going to be playing his fair share of snaps. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny plays all, but just a couple of snaps uh, this game. He's just that important to this defense. From there, I mean, do you think the Packers follow a a similar routine where we probably see uh, Dean Lowry next in line, then Tyler Lancaster, and then from there, like, T.J. Slayton, and it seems like the Packers have really liked Abdullah Anderson. He's a practice squad guy, but they've been rotating him in the last couple weeks. He's one of the guys that the Packers have decided to – to uh, protect. So do you see it kind of as like a five man defensive line rotation to try to stop the run and keep the Packers defensive lineman fresh? Or how do you think you combat a running game like this?
0: Yeah, that's And sorry. I I kind of threw that out there and didn't clarify my thought on it. I'll be curious to see if you have any thoughts on this. They're going to have the same guys out there that they always do. Don't get me. Uh, They're they're all going to get their snap. I'm just wondering if this is a matchup. That they use a little bit less of a guy like Tyler Lancaster. Um, he, he just doesn't have quite as much lateral, uh, ability and they need people to be able to pursue, uh, from the defensive line position. Uh, so he's going to be out there. I, he's part of this defensive line rotation. Don't get me wrong, but is it more like 15 snaps instead of 20 or 25? Um, we're not going to be able to look back in hindsight and know exactly what the plan was, uh, but I'll be curious to see how that shakes out, um, if they make, uh, any slight adjustments. One other thing is depending on how many snaps they can get out of Zedarius and, and, and Whitney Merciless, um, do those guys take a few stamps from some of our uh, edge defensive linemen? I don't know. In a running down situation, I don't think that necessarily helps you, but it gets more speed out onto the field. And depending on how healthy or what the conditioning of those two guys are, um maybe the coaching staff says, heck, we need to get – those guys out there for more snaps, why limit them to 15 to 20? I'm not predicting they get a lot more than that, but if they are uh, able to do more work than that this week, uh, perhaps they steal some snaps from some of our regular defensive line rotation uh, just to give the 49ers a different look and uh, see if uh, we're able to get off some blocks and and cause some disruption in that fashion as well.
1: Do you think um, one thing I've noticed is Chris Barnes has been playing Pretty good football as of late, and it seems like the Packers coaching staff have taken notice. It, no matter who they play, it seems like Barnes is getting more and more snaps out there, and the Packers have have kind of dared opposing offenses to beat them uh, the the way that they want to play defense. And um, it, both in base, Barnes is playing a lot, but also in that four two five kind of nickel that they play as well. We're seeing a lot of Barnes. Uh, I would expect to see more of him again this week uh, alongside Devondre Campbell. Um, would you agree? Do you think that they're going to kind of I, keep that second I, linebacker? I out think there? so,
0: Dane. Yeah. Don't you think they have to? I think with they do. How how the 49ers, uh, George Kittle, really good blocking tight end, and then uh, they use a lot of Kyle Juszczyk, um kind yes. of uh, as kind of a fullback. hybrid yeah. fullback uh, tight end uh, out of the backfield. They put him in motion a lot. So uh, we're going to have to. If we're going to have to, I, you know, I was saying maybe we'd put some of our edge guys out there that take some of the size off the defensive line but we're definitely going to have to match the physicality because this is a big 49er offensive line up front Uh, Trent Williams is one of the biggest dudes in the league and uh, arguably along with David Bakhtiari uh, one of the best left tackles in football so um, they've got guys and uh, with Kittle and Uchak specifically I think you've got to have uh, a lot more of Chris Barnes out there don't you think because I, you got uh, I
1: agree Chris has played too well uh in these kind of situations I think that he's actually a pretty important piece to this defense Is kind of that second big linebacker to shed blocks and and be a pretty sure tackler for this D All
0: right well um just to throw this out there if the Packers hold Elijah Mitchell to less than what amount of yards are you going to feeling be feeling decent about uh, how we're doing uh, this game?
1: You know, well, it's a good question. I But the problem is, is you've got Mitchell, you've also got Samuel, right? And if, if, if one of them can just go off and, and that could be a problematic thing. I'll tell you what, if you keep the 49ers 110 yards or less, I like our chance. Sure. Uh, because um, that means that big, big Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to sit back there and throw. And uh, I don't think the dude's ever played a game less than 38-degree weather. We're about to talk about the passing game. He's got a bum hand. He's going to be playing in cold weather. This Packers defense is opportunistic. Wags, if Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing 40 times like he did the week three, I, I pardon my French, I think they're screwed. I yeah. don't think they have a chance in hell to beat the Packers at Lambeau.
0: And that's what the Packers want. Uh, the 49ers to do and that's exactly what the 49ers don't want to have to do so how can they force the 49ers to have to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands as much as possible this week Uh and uh, trust me we're not trashing jimmy garoppolo but that just plays into our matchup uh actually 49ers from a passing standpoint are one of the most efficient pass offenses in the league uh 8.6 yards per attempt second in the league in yards per attempt um they've got the uh uh, fourth most uh, 20 plus yard pass plays and they've got one one to 200 less pass attempts than all three teams that are ahead of them so uh they are able to be explosive, uh, when, when they need to be through the air. Uh, so don't get me wrong. They can beat us this way too. Uh, but to me, um, the biggest key is, is not how many points and how many yards, uh, they get through the air. It's how many times. Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw. The more he has to throw, the more chances there is for him to make a mistake and for the Packers to take advantage of that. Our offense, which we'll get to, is going to put up points. But if we're able to force Jimmy Garoppolo into making some mistakes, uh, whether he takes a sack or gets fumbled, uh, throws the interception, that's where this game can tilt in the Packers' favor. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, the reality is, is if you've got a good running game, you're going to be able to throw the ball and be efficient if you're running on the ground. The problem for them is if they're not running the ball, I think that their efficiency goes out the window pretty quick and Garoppolo is going to have a long day. I I mean, one, one of the things that really stood out to me was the turnover differential. I think they've turned over the ball four more times than they've had takeaways this year. That's what I read coming into this podcast. If that's the case, and the Packers are pretty darn good. Uh, uh, on, on the turnover differential. I don't know. I have the numbers in front of me, but the reality is, is if Garoppolo's got to sit back there and start throwing, um, especially with the, what I expect to be an improved pass rush with some of our guys getting back, like if we can pin our ears back, I just don't think Garoppolo is going to have the ability to beat the Packers in a second half of a football game. But if they're keeping us guessing and we're kind of our, on our heels, ice skating a little bit, um, it could be a day, it could be a hard day, but that's the key wags. I feel like the Packers, um, one of the things they like to do, especially one of the reasons why they like to play Barnes and Campbell at the same time is they play about six men in the box. That's kind of what they've been doing when they have Barnes out there. They don't like committing that seventh guy. Cause I think with their four down linemen and their two inside linebackers, they can really take away a lot of the team's run, run potential. Now we've had mixed results on that this season so that's where I'm curious do they sneak another guy up in the box a little bit more on on Saturday night just to kind of dare the 49ers to throw or do they stick and they being the Packers is coach Barry stick to you know what Beat us. Try to beat us this way. Um, That's what I'll be curious to see. I'll be watching that early and often, seeing how the Packers make those adjustments, too, as the game wears on. If they're stubborn or if if they can stop the run early and if they can do that, then game on. We're coming after the quarterback.
0: Yeah, it's going to be quite a chess match because uh, it's not like anybody has any secrets of what they're trying to do on both sides of the ball. But um, yeah, it, the more the Packers can bait the 49ers into throwing the ball, uh, the better off we're going to be. Like I said, they can get some yards, they can get some points through the air, uh, but uh, third, fourth quarter at some point in this game, uh, the more Jimmy has to throw the ball, uh, the better I like our chances. So, um, Dane, let me ask you this, um, looking at the Packers secondary, we talked a little bit about Jair uh, appearing like he is trending, uh, to return this week. How do you think the Packers work him in. I know there's been a lot of discussion of, does he go back right outside on the boundary? Do they put him in the slot? Is that Russell Douglas? What happens to Chandon Sullivan? Um, Does this unleash Darnoff Savage? Uh, What is going to be um, the game plan, do you think, uh, with Jair uh, getting back into game action this week?
1: Wags, I think that if, and probably when he suits up, um, the expectation is he's going to play and he's going to play a lot. That's what I think. I think that coach LaFleur is being a little coy right now. Uh, You're to your point of talking jokingly about like, Oh, he's going to go tackle a wall. That doesn't sound like a coach. That's going to probably limit him. You know, I think you saying all this in tongue in cheek uh, to kind of, you know, keep it loose. But I think, the, the, the expectation is Jair Alexander is going to go out there that first series. They're going to see how he's feeling. They're going to watch him, see if he's flowing and, and being Jair Alexander, they expect him to be. And then um, they're going to keep playing. Him. They're going to play him as much as they they need to. I think he's earned that right in the course of his career. We're not talking about a, a, a third tier guy right now. We're talking about one of the premier cornerbacks in the league. Um, we only can suit up 45 guys. Only 45. Um, they're not going to waste a spot on Jair Alexander for half a game if they if, if they don't need to. They're going to play him. Uh, linebackers are a different story. It's a different position. It's different scenarios. Cornerback. I think we're going to see Jair, Razul, Stokes out there. Shannon Sullivan's going to become our our dime back. They might mix Shannon in in the slot a little bit. Give Jair a series off maybe here or there. But my expectation is Jair is going to be playing, especially in the second half if to throw the ball.
0: Okay, uh, and you said. Shandon could come in for a series for Jair in the slot. So you think that they're going to put Jair Alexander in the slot and put him right in the thick of the action? No, there, I right? think
1: I think that they'll they'll keep Jair on the outside. Uh, I guess what I mean is they'll rotate guys over then. gotcha. Um, okay. So that's what I think that they'll do personally. I could be completely off. That's the good thing about the Packers. They've kept this pretty close to their best. Um, but uh, that would be my best guess is they're going to keep Jair on the outside. And I would think Razul Douglas is going to play the slot on Saturday.
0: All right. Well, I think it's time to go to the chat. We've got a question there from Great Pearson. Great question. Uh, and, uh, folks, if you're following along here on our live stream and uh, would like to throw in any thoughts, questions, or predictions for this week's game, uh please go ahead and do that. So question here from Pearson is, who gets the first interception on the Packers defense? I, what I love about this, Pearson, is that it's not – Will the Packers get an interception? Uh, When might they get an interception? It's who will get it Uh, and who will get the first interception, implying (laughs) that there could be multiple. I really like where your head's at. So, Dean, uh, you want to make any bold predictions on who you think could uh, uh, make that first pick on Jimmy Garoppolo?
1: Yeah, I I think it's going to be Darnell Savage, Jr. Uh, I really do. I think that Garoppolo is going to be trying to wing it and uh, Packers are going to have some coverage over the top and Savage is going to be pretty opportunistic. That's what I think. You know what?
0: That was going to be my pick too. So um, we'll double down on that. Kind of
1: feels like a Darnell Savage (laughs) week a little bit. I don't know what it is.
0: Yep, uh, definitely. So, uh, Dane, any other thoughts uh, on the matchups here? We didn't talk a lot at all about George Kittle. Uh, We did a pretty good job against him in our previous matchup. He's a guy that just, you know, he can be quiet some games, and some games it seems like he can just completely gut the opposing defense. So um, what do we need to be uh, doing to make sure that, we can keep him on the quieter side this week because we've got enough other things to deal with with this 49er offense. Last thing we need is George Kittle uh, to be just going you know, crazy against this defense.
1: Yeah, two things. I, I think the first thing is if he's playing in line uh, as kind of a sixth offensive lineman, you know, and then going out for routes, Um, jam him at the line of scrimmage. I don't want him getting a free release. When he gets a free release, it's really hard to keep up with the big guy. But if you're jamming him at the line of scrimmage, kind of just disrupting him there at the point of attack, I really like when the Packers are able to do that. Some teams have had success against Kittle in the past when they're able to do that. Um, He's one of the best tight ends of the league, but you know, it's hard when you got a guy in your face right away. I think the second thing is throw a lot of bodies at him. Devondre Campbell's done a hell of a job. I think uh, in past situations when needed um, fans might not like to hear it, but I, I think Preston Smith is going to probably get a little bit there. I think that we're going to see safeties get in there. That could be a special assignment for, Shannon Sullivan at times or others as well. But I think the re- what the Packers are going to want to do is throw a lot of different looks Kittle's way and throw a lot of different bodies at him and see who has success against him and go from there. Razul Douglas playing in the slot as well could prove very fruitful on somebody like Kittle. Razul is a physical cornerback. He's going to be sticky. And I think that, you know, he's the kind of guy that could cause a long day uh, for somebody like Kittle, and talk about a luxury, Razul Douglas playing on the outside for almost every other team in the league, I think Razul Douglas could be a guy who who gives Kittle fits throughout the game. Now, I think Kittle gets his to a certain extent because he's just that kind of guy, but I do think the Packers have the guys in place in the right scheme to stop him from kicking over a football game.
0: For sure. Um, so it's going to be incumbent on this defense not to lose track of these key guys. Where's Debo Samuel lined up? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he takes direct snap, uh, at, at quarterback, a wildcat type situation, uh, on a snap or two. So, uh, we're going to have to be ready for whatever the 49ers are, are going to throw at us for sure. Uh, Dane, I think it's about time to take a break and talk about our sponsor. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL, and uh, you've been doing a great job of keeping us up to date and posted um, as far as uh, some of the offers that we have going, but more importantly, your wife, Andrea, has been playing Daily Fantasy, so now that we're in the playoffs, uh, what is the strategy, and what are the lineups looking like for this week? Wags, I'll tell you what, uh,
1: last playoff game just a, a couple days ago. She was sitting here on the couch, kind of gloating, showing me the, her picks and, uh, you know, her, her Patrick Mahomes pick, I think was key to her success last week. Uh, I think going into this week and mind you, folks, she'd never used DraftKings sportsbook before. This wasn't something that was on her radar, but you know, because of DraftKings sportsbooks awesome offers uh, to to our listeners. She got on the app. Now she's making money. And I think that this week, uh, she's looking at a couple key Green Bay Packers. We're going to be talking about them on the offensive side here shortly. Uh, But she's circling uh, certain Packers running back. That's my tease for the next segment Mm -hmm. uh, for DraftKings this week. But I expect her to be successful. Again, she's having a ton of fun this year on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. She used that promo code TP. And first time this season, she's been winning more than she's been losing. She's having a lot of fun.
0: For sure. So, folks, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL bets wow. uh, if your team wins. So bet just $5 and you can win $280 in free bets. Uh, that's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. So, Dane, when we look at the offensive matchups and the keys for this Packers offense against 49er defense, I think um, similarly to some of the previous matchups we've had against them, it's our ability to counter their pass rush led by Nick Bosa, who's just had a monster season again. Um, but um also, I, I do want to kind of get in a larger discussion. What exactly do you expect this game plan to be? Because this is not a Packer offense that's been up-tempo at all, all season. In fact, they've been a pretty slow tempo-wise. But uh that plays, in some respects, into uh, what we expect the 49ers to want to do and keep this a low-possession game. So I'm curious, uh do you think the Packers make any adjustments coming out of the bye uh, to try to pick up the tempo uh, a little bit in this particular matchup with an eye on forcing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to make more throws with an eye on giving Aaron Rodgers more opportunities to lead offensive possessions in this game? You know,
1: it's it's a really good question. I tend to say no overall. and, And the reason I say that is, is, Through the course of most games, the Packers have been scoring at a pretty significant clip. Aaron Rodgers has had what is likely to be another MVP performance. I'd be a little wary at this stage to kind of just shake it up because, you know, a hurry up offense or a faster tempo is only useful if you're um, moving the chains, and, and you're able to to do that. So, um, do I think that Lafleur has some wrinkles in store? Yeah, I think so. Wags, would you be surprised if um, you know they do a couple fast counts and do some of that kind of stuff against a potentially overly aggressive on the road Forty Nine er defense? Um, certainly, I think that's the case. But I do think that Lafleur and Hackett also want to really stay the course and, and kind of dictate their game, their game plan and not kind of um, get outside of their own skin. Um, and I think it starts with the run game personally. Uh, I know Rogers is Rogers and he's going to get his, but I really think the Packers are going to try to commit to the run game early and often against this 49ers defense and, um, and, and see where that can take them. It sounds a little counterintuitive because I think the 49ers DBs have had their struggles But all the more reason, I think the Packers will have their opportunities in the passing game uh, that if they can get the run game going early and often against this 49ers team and and control the game how they want to control them, um, that it would be very, very beneficial uh, through the course of the game. So that's how I see the Packers doing it. I want you to answer your own question on that, though, too, uh, because do you see them uh, shaking up the tempo? Do you see them trying to get these snap counts off faster? I just the, the only thing that I really worry about there is they've been doing it a certain way for so long this year that um do you think that that could potentially be more harmful than beneficial uh in, in a game that's so important
0: yeah i would clarify i certainly don't think that they're gonna go up tempo the whole game that's yeah. that's not what i was implying although um i wasn't very clear about that Um, i'm just wondering if there's spots uh where they uh, you know speed things up a little bit maybe the first series um or, you know, um, in the third quarter for a series, uh, or maybe within a series, just uh, get up to the line. Uh, that's something that we've seen Aaron be masterful o- over the years. So if they've got personnel groupings that they feel good about, um stay out of a huddle and just get up to the line and attack the 49er defense, try to wear them down a little bit uh, if they're able to do so. So I, 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 Agree with you overall. Um, there's no reason to fix what isn't broke in terms of the offensive efficiency. I'm just wondering if they might, uh, have some, you know, particular spots where they try to take advantage of, uh, the uh, per- personnel groupings that, uh, the 49ers have against what we have out there offensively. So, um, I, that I think is something that would be interesting to keep an eye on especially coming out of a bye uh, all that extra self scouting and and having had an opportunity to go against this 49ers uh team earlier in the season as well. Well, Weggs,
1: LeFleur kind of let it slip today that they were prepping for the 49ers uh during the bye week a little bit here. So I thought that, that was really <laughs> fascinating that he actually kind of let that one slip in uh, talking to the media today.
0: It is, isn't it? Um, You know, I think it's the other thing, just thinking from a game plan perspective, you're absolutely right that they need to be able to run the ball effectively. And this is a a really good um, 49er defense against the run as well. Top five in the league against the rush. So it's going to be incumbent on the Packers to be patient and really stick with the run. It's going to be interesting to see how that offensive line gels and works together in the run game early on. I think they're going to be fine in pass protection, but the run uh, game is going to be where it's going to be interesting with these guys not really having any opportunity to work together as a five-man unit this entire season. So this is going to be the first opportunity for the five guys that we expect to be out there starting working together. So um, are they able to come out fast and be effective on the ground early, or is it going to take a little bit of time and uh, we're going to need to get into the second half uh, for some of those running holes to open up? Um, all I know is, is if they don't, stay with the run early and often um, that's not going to play into our hands because now the 49ers can really start pressing and bringing a, a lot of pressure. And I'm not talking about blitzing more, uh, but they're able to really unleash uh, the the front four and try to get as much pressure on Aaron as they can.
1: Wags, is it too critical of me to say, and maybe that critical is not the right word, but um too demanding maybe for me to say that it absolutely can't be a slow start from the offensive lines perspective. Um, I I think the reality, like what we're dealing with here is that I I would expect and tell me if you disagree, I think Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Lucas Patrick, and Billy Turner are likely to be the starting five uh, for this first playoff game. And if they can't perform and gel quickly at a high level here, then I think, the Packers have made a mistake. They don't have the time in a uh, one-game, one-shot-only scenario for them to start extremely slowly and kind of get their bearings over the course of a first half. Uh, do, do, do you disagree with that? Because, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be critical, and it's a hard decision to make when you've got these guys, but at the end of the day, we need them to be performing at a high-level level pretty much immediately against
0: a good team like this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we we can't have a letdown. It doesn't matter who's in there. It would Certainly, we've got uh, these guys coming back and expect uh, our offensive line to all of a sudden be better. Uh, as long as the pass protection's good, I think we'll be fine. Um, do I want them to come out and dominate the line of scrimmage right away? <laughs> Absolutely. <Yes. laughs> uh, but as long as the pass protection's good and that holds up and we don't have Aaron under duress, Early and often, um, the run game can come around. I I think the repetitions and and we can wear down that defense over four quarters, especially with AJ Dillon coming in as a hammer in the cold weather. So if we're playing with a lead and the run game isn't quite there early, um, that's not ideal. Uh, but I think we can live with that as to pass protection. is going to be the number one thing I'm going to keep, keep my eye on, uh, with this unit because that's where more communication comes into play as well. Uh, if the 49er defense is, is running some stunts, I'm sure they're going to try to throw the kitchen sink at this offensive line and see how well they're able to make their reads and work together. Uh, because, uh, if they're not on the same page, uh, early on, uh, that, that could be, some some problems uh for this packer offense. We do not need to get into long down and distance situations uh on for, on second or third down. Uh that's that's not an ideal situation any week and definitely not against this 49er front.
1: Wegs, we teased it a little bit in a, a previous podcast to this. And you mentioned AJ Dillon and I think that a lot of fans very aptly and logically could think that Dylan's in for a, a big workload. Are we crazy to think that AJ that Aaron Jones ends up getting 20 touches and, and, and is the guy who ends up being the the Swiss Army knife mismatch against this 49ers defense? And I ask that because um, I've watched a lot of what the 49ers did the first time around against the Packers. One of the things that they really do is they're very good, they're fast, but they really crash down uh, at the ball carrier. And we saw Aaron Jones in the first game run a kind of a counter for a touchdown against the Niners and kind of that counter movement of the Packers where they start one way and then the the quick cutback and there's a lot of open space that seems to really suit. Aaron Jones. The 49ers are so aggressive and they play fast, but sometimes when you play too fast, you kind of get out of control. And it feels like that's where Aaron Jones could come into play and, and maybe have some big burst plays against this defense. Do you, what, what are your thoughts on kind of the split at running backs?
0: Yeah, A.J. Dillon's going to get work. Um, I think he's more in the second half. I, I think they need to lean on Aaron Jones yeah. as much as they can early on. Uh, the speed that this linebacker core, uh, with the 49ers has, it's going to be crucial, uh, for Aaron Jones to counter that. And, and he's got the speed and quickness and agility to break the tackles. Uh, but Fred Warner might be. A, less, a little less than a hundred percent, but still a heck of a player. Um, and then he's he's paired up. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, a solid linebacker, and uh, Aziz Alshair. Um, he's come on third year guy, and he's he's uh, uh, got a lot of speed as well. So those three guys can just cover sideline to sideline. So it's going to be really important this week uh, for Aaron Jones to be a, a big part of this. Uh, offensive game plan we haven't seen many games this year that the Packers have really leaned on Aaron Jones as being the primary workhorse guy or, or maybe being the most um important guy in the game plan in a given week I think they've kind of protected him a, a little bit he got dinged up uh, late in the season right before the bye and uh we've been talking for weeks now it seems as if Aaron Jones uh, has just looked like he has More bursts than I've ever seen in his entire career late in the season. And um, it's almost like they're just holding him back. And I can't wait to see uh, what they do with him this week. I think they're going to get him a little bit more involved in the pass game as well. Um, He's going to be really important. Uh, to the Packers uh, being able to uh, uh, spread this 49er defense out and uh, make those guys a second level work. Uh, AJ Dillon is still going to get his work. Don't get me wrong, but I couldn't agree with you more. I'm really hoping that this is a big, big uh, week for Aaron Jones. And trust me, he wants some retribution. That last playoff game uh, that he had, I'm sure, left a bad taste in his mouth as well. Um, Wags.
1: Did you see the any the, the end of that Lions game when Fred Warner got hurt? I, I asked because I can't imagine he's close to 100%. He looked like he hurt his ankle pretty bad there. And I'm not rooting for an injury, but I, the reality of the game on both sides of the ball is like guys are going to be managing injuries. And I expect everybody that can go on both sides are going to go. It's playoff football, right? And Fred Warner's is one of the best linebackers and so darn tough. Um, but do you think the Packers, I mean, the Packers aren't dumb. I think they're going to try to exploit and see how how lateral he can move at the linebacker position as well um, and see, you know, can he keep up? And, and part of the way you potentially do that is trying to get mismatches with Fred Warner on Aaron Jones in the passing game. And that's something that I'd really like to see the Packers do more of. I know we talk about it, but now it's time to throw the kitchen sink uh, at, at opposing defenses. I'd love to see some Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. Uh, dual backfield situations, but also getting Aaron Jones out in space against somebody like Fred Warner, I think could be really beneficial to this Packers team, trying to exploit him and see if he can keep up with Aaron Jones. Cause it's hard to do anybody if you're a hundred percent, but if you're not, if he's out on the field, the Packers have every right to just go after guys and, and, and see if they can cover.
0: Yeah. And then what that opens up is one or two targets on, you know, a bootleg uh, where you've got Deguara or Mercedes Lewis kind of coming out into the flat. Uh, And that's a lot of work uh, for uh, the 49ers uh, linebackers and they do it well, uh, but you get one-on-one matchups. Those aren't going to be plays that you expect to get you know, 15, 20 yards on, uh, but they can be effective in chain movers and, and really countering, uh, the 49er defense so that, uh, they have to stay honest, stay on their keys and they're not able to be just constantly moving downhill. So, uh, those are quietly underrated plays sometimes that can happen over the course of the game. And uh, the more that we can get Aaron Jones involved, uh, the better off uh, that opens up the rest of this offense. So um Dane, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this 49ers secondary Um They've come along a little bit, but definitely a weakness still of this defense. Um, one guy that I think has been improving quite a bit, uh, is, uh, Ambry Thomas, uh, rookie cornerback out of Michigan. Um, and he's, you know, he's not at like a Jair Alexander level, but, uh, he's been getting better. Um, I think their safeties are, are still pretty solid. Jimmy Ward, uh, has been in this league a long time. Uh, but, uh, what do you expect the Packers to do? Um, to attack this 49er defense through the air. Uh, They were able to go long uh once to MVS in that week three matchup they tried to connect a couple of additional times uh the vertical pass game timing was a little off early in the season seems to really have gotten on uh, of late so um are there any particular things that you think we should be looking for when it comes to this pass offense uh, and how the packers want to exploit things uh, from that perspective you know what One of the reasons I think
1: the Packers will maintain a pretty slow pace at the line of scrimmage is this 49ers pass defense. They really like to play zone as much as they can. That being said, when they go man to man, it doesn't matter who they play. They do not have very good success rate against opposing offenses. Aaron Rodgers, I promise you folks, knows all about the problems that they have when they go man to man. So I expect Aaron Rodgers when they get to the line, he's going to be checking. He's going to be trying to read their defense, see where guys are set up. Um, and anytime it looks like he can get them man to man, he is going to audible into a pass and he's going to try to take a shot. That's what I think is going to happen this week because they just don't have a good success rate. And I think the Packers are going to go lateral really quick.
0: Yeah. What I'm going to be interested in is in that first matchup, Devontae Adams got 18 targets. <laughs> so um, how do the 49ers want to counter that? Because if I'm the Packers, I'm going to keep throwing to Devontae until they, they stop um, or do something to, to prevent him from being wide open. So just keep going to that. And and I'm sure they're going to have a counter ready, and the 49ers I'm sure will as well. Uh, but uh, perhaps Randall Cobb Um gets a few more targets thrown his way this week as well. Um, He's not someone I expect to come in and get eight, eight catches for 120 yards um, coming up injury. However, um, what kind of impact do you think Randall could have uh, this week as well? That's why
1: he's here. Wags.
0: (laughs) Randall Cobb's not here for week five football.
1: (laughs) Randall Cobb's here for playoff football. Uh, That's just the, that's just what we're, we're, we're working with here and I know he's coming off an injury and I'm sure he's hurt. He's one of the toughest dudes out there. I remember that Seattle game way back in the day, that playoff game that we all want to forget. Randall Cobb, if I remember, I'd right, had like an appendix issue, was in the hospital and he still played. Um, he's a tough guy. I, I expect him to move some chains. I expect him to be Aaron Rodgers security blanket. I expect him to be in the spot that Aaron Rodgers expects him to be in. And that's a very valuable asset this time of year. Um, is he a guy who maybe has a monster game? I don't know, but he's a guy who's going to contribute. And I think he's a guy who's going to help move the chain. And all of a sudden, Wags, we start talking about Randall Cobb. We start talking about Alan Lazard, who's been phenomenal as of late. And we start talking about somebody like Deguara. Josiah DeGuar has been another chain mover for this offense. I know the end zone situation in week eight, who cares, Uh, you know, in games that matter, DeGuar has been a guy who's helped move the chains. So all of a sudden we're starting to talk about a fair number of weapons that Aaron Rodgers can lean on in critical situations that he's showing comfort in. Um, But I think Randall Cobb, it's so important to get him back. If you can go in with a top four of Lazard and Adams and Cobb and MVS, hopefully he's able to go. Um, it's a tough thing to defend when you've got the running backs that you, that the Packers have. So I'm looking forward to seeing Randall Cobb back. I'm not sure how many snaps the dude's going to be able to play, but I think in critical down and distance, he's going to be out there giving it a go and trying to convert some first downs.
0: Yeah, I uh, didn't get targeted in that first matchup, but um, I think first few weeks that he was back, he was kind of finding his footing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I expect that he will definitely be a little bit more involved in this game for sure. So, um, Dane, last thing I asked about the past game, if MVS is limited or unable to go um, – How does that affect what the Packers want to do uh, from a passing perspective? Um, And how big of an impact could that potentially be?
1: It'd be disappointing uh, to say the least. I think that he would be really, really nice to have out there this week, maybe more than any other week of teams they're playing because the Niners are so um, poor in man-to-man and sometimes they have to get out there and, that's where I think MVS can really exploit their defense. Um, so if he's not able to go at all, it'd be, it's tough. It's, it's just too bad. If he's able to go 10 or 15 snaps, great. You know, um, if we can get him out there just to try to take the top off the defense, even on a couple plays and give them that extra look that they know is coming from a guy who can just kind of streak down the field. Um, but I'd sure like to see him be able to get out there. And I'm not even mentioning that he's becoming a more complete wide receiver. So not only is he that deep threat, but he's been able to have some moments this year that I don't think we've really ever seen from MVS in past seasons where kind of these uh, intermediate routes, he's been able to come up and make some plays. So um, overall, I'd really like to see him get out there. And and if we the more we can get him out there, the better, um, especially in kind of these critical situations. He's a big play receiver. This is a big play game. Um, We need guys like that out there for these kinds of moments.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, that stretching the, the field element alone is, uh, just the threat of it, uh, certainly makes a big difference. So, um, hopefully, uh, he, it would just getting some maintenance today and, uh, we'll have to see, uh, we're recording this here on Wednesday evening. Uh, if he practices tomorrow, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, uh, it's probably not a good sign, uh, for him being able to go on Saturday. So, um, Dane, I think that just about covers it. Uh, when we look at the offense here, so um, any thoughts on special teams other than make the kicks and, make the and tackle on coverage, make the kicks um, and tackle. I, <laughs> okay. I don't know what else to say.
1: And, and if Bojo could punt the ball and, you know, just kind of find that that magic that he had to start the season would be really important. You know, I talk about Randall Cobb wags about that's why he's here. The reality is they brought in Boho because of how good he was in Buffalo in inclement weather. So I'd really like to see him get some punts off and, and kind of get that back, because this could be a game where field position is
0: really critical
1: and kind of sets the tone for the game.
0: Yeah, um, well, I prefer he doesn't have to punt. Me too. Uh, so... <laughs> I like that. I like that more, I think. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I hear you. Um, who do you think is going to be returning punts, speaking of that? I think it's David Moore. I think that um, they protected
1: him this week. Um, Drayton's been incredibly coy. Today he was talking about like oh you know we got some guys and we'll see uh, I I think I think that protecting more in this moment means he's more likely than not going to be the guy I know in week eighteen he wasn't able to go because of uh, being on the COVID list he's back and um, he's shown more than than you know I think. Amari Rodgers at this stage in Amari's career uh, from a returnability standpoint. I think the wild card could be somebody like Randall Cobb, uh, although he put it on the ground, his one opportunity to return a punt this year. Um, so I think my best get would be more. Um, what do you think? Do you think that they're looking at anybody else or do you think it's kind of Moore's job at this point?
0: no i i I think your guess is probably as good as any um it seems like it's definitely headed that way, so I'm just curious uh, if you had any predictions there So I, Dane, I
1: think too i'll 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 put it out there I, I think that he's just he looked clean catching the ball, and I liked how how naturally he looked back there,
0: yeah, definitely um, just catch the ball is the yeah. only thing that matters to me uh Dane. It's time then. Uh, let's get into our X factors and score. Get Butterflies in my stomach a little bit. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to lead it. lead it off. Uh, I want to play off of that nervous energy. So I'll let you decide whether you want to start on offense or defensive side of the ball.
1: OK, um, so you know what? I, I haven't even written any down yet. So this is all going to be coming just from kind of feel and, and knowing this team a little bit. I'll start on the defensive side of the ball and I'm going to say Darnell Savage. Um, I think that he is critical to the Packers' playoff success. He's had a bit of an up-and-down season. And um, I think Garoppolo is going to give the Packers the chance to take some footballs away. Um, Savage, uh, I I think, could be in position to doing that. But also, um, sure, tackling is key. Uh, Debo Samuel is so good at breaking tackles. That I know, we're going to have to have um, we're going to have to have Savage get up closer to the line of scrimmage at least at certain points in the game, and bringing him down and having some clean tackles and open space is going to be big. Uh, if he's got to cover Kittle at times, I know he had some trouble with Andrews uh, against the Ravens a few weeks ago. Uh, if we put Savage up against Kittle, that's going to be an important matchup. I just think that the Packers are going to be asking a lot from Savage this week, and if he performs to the level we expect him to, and we know that he can play at. Um, Packers are moving on to the NFC Championship game.
0: I really yeah, think, that. I think that's a great pick. I've been speculating as to whether um, some of Savage's inconsistency uh, has to do with Jair being out. And uh, so we'll be interesting to see with Jair being back, most likely this week and getting a, a full run out there, does that unleash know, Savage a little bit? So I definitely like where your head's at. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Darius Smith. And here's my look on this. This is guy's been out as we all know uh every game since week 1. Is he able to go? First of all, how much of an impact is he able to have? Is it a positive impact or is it a negative impact? Because um you know, I think we're all eager to have a healthy Zadarius Smith. We know what he's capable of. This is a matchup that's not necessarily Ben in Sidarius Smith's favor in some uh, instances, uh, because he needs to be, uh, Gap uh, disciplined, and he needs to uh, maintain his responsibility, first of all. That being said, if we're able to unleash Zadarius Smith, and even in limited snaps, he's able to get after Jimmy Garoppolo, make an impact play, get a sack, uh, do some of the things that he's able to do as a blue chip level player on this defense, uh, that simply tilts things uh, for this defense. And uh, we've got some comments here in the chat about the Packers defense not being able to stop anybody of late. Well, guess what? Uh, Z'Darrius Smith is one of a few guys that we're getting back uh, that has, uh, the capability to help this defense elevate itself from being maybe it's slightly average to below average to even worse than that, uh, to being that top 10, top five, uh, type defense that they showed at times, uh, earlier in the season. So, um, Zedaria Smith, uh, isn't typically someone that in past seasons would be uh, eligible to be picked as an X factor, but I think given the situation, mm-hmm. coming off the injury um, is why I kind of had him circled. I'm going to be really anxious and curious to see uh, what his uh, uh, level of play is and, and how much we're able to get out of him uh, if he's able to go on Saturday. It's a great selection. It really is
1: because he legitimately is a wild card at this point. We just don't know what to expect. The Dude hasn't played since week one. Um,
0: Weggs, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, who you got? I set it up I'm going for Randall Cobb uh, I think Randall Cobb is one of those guys that you said it he we bought him in here this is what we he's back in in Green Bay for um and he might have three catches but I guarantee you they're gonna be two or three really big catches uh third down chain moving type plays uh maybe he uh gets in the end zone uh it tends to uh be someone that really is targeted. By Aaron down in the red zone uh, even as uh, not being the biggest target just reads the defense and is uh, able to put himself in a position where Rodgers just knows where he's going to be and uh, he gets found so I think Randall Cobb is going to find a way uh, to make uh, a, uh, a footprint on this game in a positive way and uh, for that reason I have him as an offensive x-factor
1: fantastic fantastic choice uh I'm gonna go with the position group that's not normal. Uh Lee would be somebody that we would consider a uh X factor. I'm gonna go with a player that's not normally an X factor, but I'm gonna go with David Bakhtiari. And the reason, and I'm gonna explain it, is you don't normally go with you know multiple time all pro left tackles as your X factor, but maintenance issues, right? We weren't sure if he'd come back. Uh he played some some of the snaps, but he didn't play all of them in week 18. Um, Is he going to be able to play at the level that he is accustomed to be playing at? Uh, If he's able to do the things that we think he can, and we know he can when he's healthy. um, He's as good as anybody in the league. And he's going to be playing against somebody like Bosa, who is an absolute monster coming off the edge. Uh, He's going to be playing against a fast 49ers defensive front. If he can keep Aaron Rodgers clean, and if he can uh, provide some good double-team blocks and some good run blocks, Packers are doing okay, Wags. So um, because of all of those reasons, we're not sure, you know, can he hold up? We're not sure after so much time off, can he play a full game? Where, you know, all these question marks. is my X factor. He's an all-pro left tackle, uh, but the Packers' offense could really go by the way, of how how David Bakhtiari is playing. It's really important game for him, I think. And I think mentally from a confidence perspective, having not really played meaningful football in over a year, this is a huge one.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's very similar to the logic behind my Zadarius totally. pick. The only difference is, is this is magnified even more so because, uh, we're expecting David Bakhtiari to be out there every offensive snap this Seven game. So how them. is his conditioning, uh, as well? That's, that's something that could be a factor too. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I know we're all super excited uh, about having some of these guys coming back from injury. Um, they're going to make us better. No doubt about it uh but how do we integrate those pieces and uh, make it all mold together um that's going to be the biggest thing that we'll have to be watching so Dane, time for score predictions uh do you want to lead this one off or should i take it
1: i'll go Um, okay i've been thinking a lot about it i think the 49ers the hardest matchup based team against the Packers. They're a team that's ascending. They're hot right now. Um, There's going to be chess matches going on between the coaches that are very familiar with themselves. 49ers have been a team that have been a thorn in our side for a very long time. Wags, you and I were at a 49er playoff matchup uh, a number of years ago where the 49ers sent the Packers packing from the playoffs. Um, I hate the 49ers. They're on my Mount Rushmore of teams that i hate in the nfl it's going to be tight it's going to be close it's going to be physical and i think aaron Rodgers is going to tear the hearts out of the team that he rooted for uh, as a child i think that the packers are going to win this game it's going to be real close this close 31 30 the packers win it We're all chewing on our fingernails late in this game. Aaron Rodgers delivers. Mason Crosby kicks the extra point. Packers move on. 31-30 home field advantage. Uh, Strikes again. Packers win.
0: Okay. Um, I like it. I'm just going to cut right to the chase. I had the Packers 34 to 24. And uh, I like I think, yours more, Wags. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do too. I, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be back and forth. Uh, the biggest difference to me is what we talked about at the top. We were looking at the offensive uh, uh, keys for the 49ers against this Packer defense. Um, and it's going to be a late third quarter uh to early fourth quarter interception or turnover that this uh, Packer defense is able to force uh, on Jenny Garoppolo, and uh, Packers are able to take advantage and extend uh, either a tie game or a three-point lead, uh, and that'll be enough uh, to be able to give us that margin of victory um, or to kind of break it open a little bit. Maybe the 49ers get a late touchdown. So I do think this is going to be back-and-forth game, uh, for into the third quarter, um, and uh, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, Packers might score a touchdown and then force a turnover in the next series or two, uh, to break it open a little bit. So, um, it reminds me similarly to uh, the divisional game last year against the Rams. Rams, scary with some individual talent, uh, but a little bit dinged up coming into that one. And I think the 49ers, uh, again, um, matchup wise have given us some problems at times. We've kind of, uh gotten them back here at a regular season the last couple of seasons Uh but they're a little dinged up right now as well so i just don't feel like uh they've got the health and the horses to be able to overcome uh what the packers have going right now so i do think the packers take care of business and ultimately pl- pull away on this one so um i either way i'll take the win um so i hope both of us are right one way or the other so um Dane, any other closing thoughts here before we sign off?
1: I think I'm already doing my breathing exercises, getting prepared for Saturday (laughs) night. I'm very nervous about this game, but it doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, They could be playing a high school football team. If it's playoff football, I get really wound tight wag. So I'm optimistic. I feel good about this team. I know that a lot of fans are worried about the 49ers. I get it, but we're the Green Bay effing Packers. They're coming into our house. I like our odds.
0: For Sure, so as always, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Be legendary and go pack. Go every year, I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack. Go Ain't show with no mercy cut no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.